You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome into Loho Daily. I'm Loho, Lawrence Holmes. Glad that you are here with me today. Well, it's, it's interesting because one of the things I figured out, like, look, this podcast is a work in progress, okay? I'm just going to be straight up with you. I'm still trying to kind of find out exactly what it is that I want to do with it, which is fine because the scatterbrained <laughs> way that I think about stuff, I actually, it, it, it's very much like my personality. So the fact that it's not a finished product yet, at first I was worried about it not having an actual routine to it. Like, well, we do this on Mondays and we do this on Tuesdays. I'm actually okay with it, but I will tell you, for those of you who do listen to the podcast, that I think that going forward, outside of things that I'm particularly particularly excited about or want to help my friends like promote if they're doing something cool, I think that this is going to be a refuge for thoughts that I couldn't get on the air, even if those thoughts are more Chicago. And I know that this is a national podcast, and I appreciate people who are who are listening, but I know that the the strength of the audience that listen to Loho Daily comes from the people that listen on the score. And sometimes, quite honestly, even with two hours, I can't quite get to all the things that I want to talk about. So on today's episode, I've been trying for the last two days to go back over some of the White Sox stuff that I did with Ricky Renteria on my Tuesday show that I did, which was great because I had Joe Madden on in one hour and I had Ricky Renteria on in another hour. And it was really great, like confluence of Chicago baseball chatter. But usually what I do, and so you can get an idea of what happens in, in my mind when it comes to producing shows is if we have something really good, like when we have Joe Madden on the show on a Tuesday, I will want, the way I view it is if Joe Madden is on at noon on Tuesday, then the person who's listening at 1.30 probably didn't hear Joe Madden. So the goal is the next day we'll bring back a significant portion of the interview for people who didn't hear it or don't podcast because not everyone is listening at the same time. And it's a hard thing to try to explain to some people because there are a lot of folks who just feel like, Well, you shouldn't go. It should always just be something that's new, new, new. And the truth is is that there's not always something new. And I don't 
I don't believe in just coming up with takes just for takes sake. And if something's good, I would rather you hear it from the person if possible instead of it being filtered through me or filtered through uh, a columnist or whatever. If I have the Joe Madden sound, I'm going to play the Joe Madden sound. In this particular case, the Cubs have been so omnipresent in the show. And I was thinking about it last night that going into a show at Wrigley Field, I'm actually recording the podcast today from the Score Studios. And I'm going to leave here and head to Wrigley Field and do my show from Gallagher Bay. And it's going to be a lot of fun out there, I think. It usually is. I like those remotes, and the weather seems to be cooperating for the most part. But I, I know that I'm not. On Tuesday, the goal was to bring back a chunk of Rick Renteria sound on Wednesday's show. That was the idea, that what we would do is we would flip it. That since Ricky was on in the 1 o'clock hour, that we would play the chunk of the Ricky Renteria sound in the noon hour. We take the Joe and we put the Joe in the 1 o'clock hour. So that's the, the way that my mind kind of works. But there was all sorts of news that broke in between time. And then we have to adjust and we do. And I, I do. I like the hustle of having to adjust. And I think that this week in particular, Tony Gill has done an incredible job. He's my executive producer He's done an incredible job like adjusting on the fly to what was happening. And we talked about Doug Glanville and we talked about, you know, the, the white power symbol that was used behind him. And then Addison Russell gets called up while Ben Zobris ends up going on a, a, a leave of absence. So we had this confluence of Cubs news that just kind of blew through all of our plans that we were going to do on the show. But I still think that there's a lot of value in the plan that we actually had in place. And I think that there's value in talking about some of the issues that I can't always get to on the show. So that's a long-winded way of me explaining to you what today's episode is going to be, which is me discussing some of the things that we talked with Ricky Renteria about and the White Sox in general. Now, I don't know if I'm always just going to make a place each week for White Sox talk on the podcast, but I have enough bandwidth. If that's what I want to do, I can do it. But particularly, there was uh, some stuff that struck out that stuck out to me in talking with Ricky that I wanted to share and kind of discuss with you, especially if you're a White Sox fan. I'm fascinated by him because he's been asked to do this is the second time that he's been asked to kind of steward a rebuild. And I wonder if he's going to be allowed to finish this White Sox rebuild. So I asked him about managing. Like, that's where this cut starts off. And with the way that Moncada and Tim Anderson have started off the season, I I wanted to pick his brain on that. But first, I wanted to hear what it's like to manage games in the middle of a rebuild. So this is Ricky talking about that, plus those other players. And then on the other side of it, I've got some some big picture thoughts on what he said and on the White Sox in, in general. Take a listen. The fact that you develop, uh, I think you win in development. I think that's the, that's the bottom line. And what I mean by that is if guys get better, 
their performances show. They actually uh, are a part of a winning, you know, uh, piece of work that goes on on a daily basis. So if if you try to avoid allowing players to experience certain moments, and this is the only place they're going to be able to experience it the way they should at the major league level. I mean, you can do everything you can at the minor league level, uh, go through the process of, uh, you know, the ABCs, so to speak. But once you get here, there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of uh, other noise that, that surrounds the player, and you have to be able to experience it and, and, and get here to know what that's all about and then deal with it and then go out there between the lines and do your job. I want to talk about some of your players because it's been a really interesting start for, for the young guys on your squad. With Moncada in particular, after watching him you know, strike out as much as he did last year and he took a lot of called third strikes, what was the focus in the offseason work that you guys wanted him to do to change him into a little bit more of a, of a less selective, if that's even a way to put it, hitter and being more aggressive? It's not a matter of being less selective. It's a matter of being more aggressive in the zone. And um, he's done that. I mean, he, he talked about it with Trick and, and uh, over the winter, uh, this spring, they all worked on talking about their approaches, understanding that here's a young man who has a really good bat-to-ball skill. Um, when he swings at, at pitches in the zone, his, his uh, impact is, is significant. It's it's well known. I think that it had more to do with him taking advantage of that skill set that he has and understand that there are approaches when you get to two strikes uh, that allow you um, to be able to put the bat on the ball still and still have a productive uh, out and or, you know, at times two strike hitting, you know, base hits or whatever the case might be. But I think that it had more to do with the mindset. Uh, he made a little bit of adjustment with his hands um, so that he get to, to pitches on the outer half of the plate. But all in all, it's just been, I think, uh, another part of uh, another year under his belt and just maturing and, and, and growing up a little bit more, trusting himself a little bit more. What's it been like to watch what Tim Anderson has started this season like? It's been, uh, it's pretty, it's been pretty nice. I mean, you have those two kids on that left side of the diamond that can cover a lot of, lot of ground, both defensively, make some tremendous plays on the defensive side, and then put together the offensive game that they've been doing. It's been pretty special to watch. You know, it's one month, obviously, or a little over a month. You know, and as we talk, this is a this is a this is a career type. You know, action that you got to take. It, it, you just don't live on a month. You're going to have little ups and downs, but you're going to have to maintain a consistency over the course of a season. So, you know, they're, they're not going to. It'd be hard to say they're going to maintain this pace, but I think that their consistent approach will allow them to be as good as they possibly can over a long haul and and have some nice, uh, hopefully, some nice seasons uh, put together this year. So that was Ricky talking about Moncada and Tim Anderson, the type of seasons that those guys can have. And you heard him talking about why he really enjoys managing in this window. But it's difficult. It's difficult because a manager's trying to win every game, as they should, because managers get fired all the time. It's the front office job to kind of look at the big picture. You know, what are the White Sox as a franchise? That's Rick Hahn's job to do. And Ricky Renteria, look, he's a little guarded, and I get that. I understand why he's guarded. And I'm sure that part of the reason that he's guarded is what happened with him happened to him with the Cubs. And I'll tell you that there's part of me that wonders if it's going to happen with the White Sox. 
I was down in Birmingham last week. For those of you who don't know, I, I graduated from grad school last week at the University of Alabama. While I was down in Tuscaloosa, I made the trip back up to Birmingham. It's about 45 minutes, 45-minute drive. I would highly recommend, by the way, that you go check out a Birmingham Barons game. I'm really sad because we went on a crowded night. We went on a Friday night, and they had chicken Philly fries, and I so wanted them, but we didn't have time for me to stand in line because I was trying to watch Luis Robert and Basabe and the the Sox double and Micah Adolfo. The Sox double A team is loaded, and I think that if they are looking to make a managerial change, that their next manager might be in Birmingham, and that's Omar Vizquel. Considering that he's he's growing as a manager, while these players are growing as players, it it's kind of a perfect fit, if you ask me. That being said, to get back to Ricky, the White Sox are better than I thought they were. What bothers me is they're, they're enough better... I don't even know if that's a phrase. They're enough better that it's having me wonder whether or not they should try to be more competitive in 2019. Now, I'm not I'm not there yet. I'm not saying that the White Sox should go for it. All I'm saying is that this is a division that can be had. And I've joked about it on the air. I've talked with people about it. Maybe maybe next week on the podcast I'll I'll bring someone on who covers the Twins called Dan Hayes or something and and talk about them because I don't buy it. I know they're 23 and 12. I just don't buy it. And, yes, the White Sox are seven and a half games out. They are. And it's it's it sounds stupid for me to talk about a team that's four games under 500 as being better. But I think we've all looked at them and said they were better. This time last year, I think they had won seven games. Seven games. Through 36. And now they've won 16 games out of 36. I think this team can hit what they are in desperate need of is pitching. And I don't know if the original, obviously, we all looked at Rick Hahn's original plan of rebuild and go, hooray, this is what the White Sox needed to do. But I think that the landscape has changed. And the landscape used to be, well, the White Sox will just wait. They'll bring up their their young guys, and then they'll add strategic free agents. And we saw them in the offseason go after Manny Machado and go after Bryce Harper, and, and th- that was the time to do it. They didn't get either one of those guys, and I don't want to rehash that, that topic. But what I do think happens is when you look at all the the players that are getting booed up, you know, the the, the players that are – latching on with their original team and signing these long-term extensions, I think that it changes the metrics a little bit. It changes the geometry of what a rebuild looks like in 2019. I think it makes the White Sox more dependent on their scouting. The guys that they have made trades for in the past, the guys that they have drafted and now are making their way up through the minors. Like, those guys now have to hit. Because if you were waiting on Nolan Arenado, he's not there anymore. He doesn't exist anymore as a free agent. They're all of them. Even even guys like Alex Bregman. Like, nope, they're gone from what you thought might be a, a fertile 
free agency ground. So that might mean that it moves up your timeline. I'm not suggesting that that is the case. I'm just presenting an argument, a hypothetical argument on the subject that if you were thinking, well, we'll be players in 2020 uh, after the 2019 season for free agents in 2020, and then our guys will have matured to a point where we can plop in a big-name free agent while those guys are still on team-friendly deals. I don't think you can do that anymore because I don't think that there's going to be – I think the market is going to be very barren, and the White Sox will have to go over the top of other teams that are looking to add whatever prized free agents are still out there. So to me, it's two things now. They have to be right. They have to be right on with free with their their in-house guys and they have to be really strategic with free agents. And that's why I'm, when I'm looking at the 2019 season, you're probably still too soon into the season and too far away from the Twins. But the thing that's holding the 2019 White Sox back is pitching. And with Carlos Rodon probably having Tommy John surgery, do you at some point, if you're close? That's why the the series in Cleveland was so heartbreaking. Because you had a chance to kind of leapfrog them as the team in second place, and now the White Sox find themselves in fourth place. But you you had a chance there to to leapfrog them, to get ahead of them, and they broke your heart after two really good games the White Sox played in Cleveland. They end up losing the last two. So for Ricky, I I do wonder, like, how do you go about managing this year knowing that knowing that it's happened to you before where a team felt like they were close and then they went away from what you do in developing talent, which what what a lot of people around baseball, I mean, the Cubs still say that they think that Ricky is really good at it. What do you do? So I'm 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 just kind of spitballing here. And I'm happy that the White Sox are better. But and we'll see. Give it a few more weeks to see how much better they are and if they're better to the point where you would think about maybe doing something more proactive for the 2019 season. I'm not gonna be mad if they don't. I understand that they have a long a long game, a long-term plan in mind. But I am curious on if the math has changed on what they thought would be available for them in, in 2019 and 2020 versus what's actually going to be available for them. The good news, Moncada is still hitting. Tim Anderson is still hitting. And... Aloy will be back. I guess he's taking the trip with the team to Toronto. So that's a step in the right direction, him getting some some live BP, and we can monitor his continued success, hopefully. So that'll wrap it up for today. See what I mean? Sometimes it's just going to be a segment that I couldn't do on the show. I couldn't do this segment on the show over the last couple days because everything went crazy over at Wrigley. So Tony and I have this White Sox topic and segment all set and ready to go, and there's no place to put it. And then last night I realized, you know where you can put it? You can put it on your daily freaking podcast. 
You could put it right there, and then every White Sox fan who wanted to hear your thoughts on the White Sox or wanted to hear more of Ricky Renteria could actually do it. So that's what we've done. And I thank you for your patience. So I I can tell you that this week I've done segments on the Bears, the Fire, and the White Sox. So I think that there's going to be more of this, like stuff I can't get to on the air will find its way onto Loho Daily. So I hope, hope that you enjoyed it. It's just a little quick pod. Kind of like a segment, but if you needed to get your White Sox fix and I wasn't doing a good enough job of giving you your White Sox fix on air, here you have it. Whoop, there it is. Whoop, there it is. Well, I mean, here it is. Thanks for listening to Loho Daily. I'll be back with a new episode on Monday. Who knows what it's going to be about, but I appreciate your support. Anyway, please subscribe to it. Please give it, just give it five stars, give it a rating, then unsubscribe and then subscribe again. Just keep doing it over and over again. It helps. I'm telling you, it's stupid, but it actually helps. And if you want to talk with me, at Lawrence W. Holmes is where you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram. Have a wonderful weekend. And if you're listening to this on on Sunday night, have a wonderful work week. I'll hit you Monday with a new pod.